Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Welcome to Ready to Thrive. I am sitting here with my new friend, Jess Carey, who is the author of the book, Chart a Course. And I am excited to get to know her myself and for you to hear a little bit more about her and her book. And Jess, I would love for you to just give give us a little intro as to who you are. Sure. Well, I'm Jess, as you said. Uh, I live in Phoenix currently with my husband and my two children, ages 11 and 10, and our two pets, uh, Pearl, our golden doodle. She's the most amazing dog in the world. And then also my son's bearded dragon, which is a challenge for me every single day because I have live insects in my house. So um, anyways, but it's a beautiful life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, tell me, tell me the moment that he broke you down to receive this this pet, because I think that would be a challenge for me as well. Well, he's always had a fascination with reptiles, like even from really, really young. And we live in the desert, so there's lots of them around. <laughs> right, okay, fair enough. Yeah, so he actually caught a lizard in our backyard and proceeded to keep that for a short time. Um which I was like, oh, okay, like this, hopefully this thing will find a way out of my house. (laughs) Um, But I I wasn't so lucky in that way. He really attached to the the backyard lizard. And then unfortunately, my daughter inadvertently um, killed that lizard. And it was tragic. (laughs) And we had to, you know, we had like a family funeral for that lizard. And um, (laughs) It was beautiful. So this was his birthday present. I was like, okay, okay. I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> okay. That actually, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Cause you know, you have that tragic moment and then how do we make you feel better? Well, that's, that is kind. I think I would be in a very similar position with the, you know, I want to care for you. This is challenging for me. Um, well, good for you. Um, well, I want to get right into um, this book you have written, Chart a Course. And I want to kind of break down a little bit of um, how you kind of got to that notion, that idea of coming up with a book topic. And tell me more about that story, that moment where you kind of had that idea. Sure. Um, It was a really, I think, unexpected moment. And I love when God sort of catches us off guard because that it, it sort of wakes us up out of our regular routine. And I had just come off the back of a women's conference that I attend almost every year. And it's called Color. And it's beautiful and amazing. Well, the title or the sort of the theme that year was the wind in her sails. And, you know, imagine an ancient tall ship, like, you know, sails full of the wind. And it's just like super romantic. And, and I just thought, what a beautiful, you know, vision to see. And then it was sort of one of those moments where the Holy Spirit sort of grabs a hold of you and is like, hey, all the wind in your sails doesn't matter one bit if you don't chart a course. You won't arrive at the destination I intended. And sort of that was the thought that I felt in my spirit. And I was like, huh, what? Chart a course? I don't even know what that means. (laughs) 
And, um, but I'm a very curious person. And anytime I sort of get that revelation or that little moment where I feel like the Holy Spirit is just kind of like, hey, you need to perk up your ears here. Um, then I just dive in and I'm like, okay, well, let's explore what this means. So then I started looking at what does it mean to chart a course? And wow, it was like this gorgeous analogy just started to unfold about how God has intentionally laid out in my life, these pragmatic steps that I've taken to follow him and navigate alongside him, um, you know, through a lot of transitions, like my husband and I, we've traveled or we've moved over 11,000 miles in eight years. So, wow. and we've traveled like, you know, we've lived in lots of different places. And so it was kind of like, wow, there's this great analogy of how I've learned to follow God and learn to navigate with him and sailing, like looking at maps and looking at the stars and how do we like get around that little island? Ooh, that's kind of curious. So it was this fun, playful analogy that I adopted to sort of tell the story. Wow. And can you, can you see how for some of us, we are just going along in life, hoping more for that idea of, like you said, the wind in our sails, like, and not actually planning. Like, can you see how women are just kind of going along, kind of shooting the breeze, going along without planning our course? Like, what would you say to those women who feel like they're kind of floating along? Yeah, I I do mention that like early on, I, I sort of was a life adrift is what I would call it in, you know, in context of the analogy. It's like, we're just, we are, we're just letting fate or destiny or, you know, we're just letting life happen. And my challenge is I don't, I don't want to be unintentional about my relationship with God. And I don't want to be unintentional about um, living a full flourishing life. And that actually requires a plan that requires us to sit down to think about all the amazing talents and skills and um, even interests that God, you know, places in us and say, okay, God, like I look at all these puzzle pieces. I'm not just going to randomly willy nilly jump into things. I'm going to say, I'm going to intentionally look at those gifts and talents and then ask God to reveal, okay, how do you want me to use those? And um, so in the first part of the the book, I talk about my life before I actually started following God. And it very much was like, well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And it was horrible. (laughs) Like, You know, all the meant to be's, I was like, ew, I don't want that to be meant to be. That's an awful outcome. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so then I started following God and I, I, you know, fell in love with the person of Jesus and And I started asking those questions. Okay, God, like, I love telling stories. I love um, acting. I love uh, children and and things like that. I was like, how does this all weave together? You know, you've, you've created me for a purpose and a plan. How do I start to walk that out? And asking those questions and then subsequently giving myself permission to dream. Um, I think sometimes, at least for me, uh, there have been moments where I'm like, I just shrink back into myself because I'm scared of what I may be asked to do, that it's beyond me, it's too big, it's, you know, I don't know, there's so many what ifs. 
And so I kind of shrink back and I say, well, I'll just like live a good life. Well, God didn't intend for us to live a good life. He intended us to live a dynamic, miraculous, divine, inspiring, like we're talking about universe changing kind of life. So I was like, oh, I want that. And, you know, I just had to start asking those questions. (laughs) I feel like you touched on so many things there. You touched on this idea where I think so many people can be, you can believe within yourself this idea that, well, I'm just one of the normal normal ones who just is, I'm just supposed to kind of like shrink back in the shadows, kind of live my day to day. This is good enough. This is who I am, right? That kind of idea. Um, And some of us are there because of fear. Like you said, what if I have to go do this thing, right? And so it's like, well, that's scary. I'm going to stay over here. And so I think for a lot of the people listening, I know I've been there as well, that idea of, hey, this is me. I can identify with what you're saying. So what does it look like to just begin to dream with God? Like, what does it look like to start to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to accept the fact that I think maybe, maybe God has a plan for me. And so what does that, where do I begin? How do I start? I like to start out with this question. What would I do if I knew I couldn't fail? Right? What would that, what would my life look like? What would my dreams look like if I knew that I would succeed? And that sort of frames the next series of questions, you know, because honestly, when we follow God's divine, when we follow the dream maker, right? He's our dream maker. When we follow him, then all the resource we need, all the time we need, all the equipping or, you know, expertise that is going to be required is there. It's already built into the plan. It's just our willingness to take that step of courage, right? And be like, okay, I'm going to try it. I'll do it. It's good. (laughs) So yeah, like what would you do if you couldn't fail? Well, I love what you, I love that you start with that question. And then you also say, um, that everything is there because sometimes we ha- we think of what we would do and it feels so big that it feels like, well, I don't have those resources. I'm I'm just a mom with three kids. Like, I can't do that. And, and that idea of how do I begin to take even just that little step. And I love that you used the word um, earlier, permission. Like, I'm going to give myself permission to dream and give myself permission to take a step and then trust that those things that he is calling me to are going to be there. So I love that. Do you have any other tips for the woman who's like, okay, I've, I've got my dream, but now it feels so big and so impossible. Anything else you'd say to that woman? Yeah, well, I, I quote um, Ellen Johnson Sirleaf in, the, or Sirleaf in the book, and her quote is, if your, dreams aren't, are, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. And I sort of, you know, turn that quote a little bit and I say, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not from God. <laughs> right, right. That's so That's true. That's so true. Yeah. I, did, I, did, I, did, I did hear somebody say once, say once that idea, idea of like, like if, if we, we can, can do it on our own. own. Well, it's, it's not, you know, from you know, God because we, we need him for him our dreams. For our dreams. Yeah. That's, that's part of it. Is that like, like we're, we're not, not looking, looking at the things that, oh yeah, I can easily manage that on my own. Because often I feel like these are dreams for his glory. I feel like these are dreams for his glory. Yeah. I mean, so many people that I've, 
you know, come to know over the years have said, if I could go back, if I could, and they've accomplished great things, you know, they've built hospitals that in Africa, you know, they've done huge, amazing things. And the one thing that sort of is a theme that I continue to hear is if I could go back and tell my younger self, I'd say, dream bigger, ask for more. Right. And so I'm, I'm of the mindset right now. It's like, don't shrink back from a big dream. It's like press into what that means. Now that doesn't mean if you get a vision and it's huge, it's like, I'm going to build a school in Africa and I'm a mom of two and I'm covered in, you know, mess all morning. <laughs> like it may take you a few years to get there, like be okay with the timeline, but that doesn't mean that's not your a calling on your life. Right. Like, don't shrink back from that. Say, yes, I can do it one step at a time, one faithful, prayerful moment at a time I could get there. Yeah. So yeah, dream big. I love that. <laughs> um, what other sort of navigational tools um, do you talk about in your book that kind of help people um, chart their course? Well, the, the biggest one is the word of God, the Bible. Um, that is the equivalent of our map. And so I do talk a lot about, you know, when you are in doubt or you're not hearing from, you know, the Lord or, or whatever, it's like, you got to go back to the map. You got to dig into it. And, you know, I, at one point in my journey, I sort of used the word of God, like Bible roulette. I was just like, oh, okay, let me flick through the pages. And it was sort of like my little self-help library. And when I'd read a scripture that spoke to me, then I'd adopt that. Right. But it wasn't an intentional study of God's word. And so, especially for those uh, women who are maybe in a season of, I'm not hearing from God right now. I, I felt like I started out on the journey. And I talk about this in the book too. There, you know, you come into these seasons of sort of limbo um, in your spiritual journey. And you're like, man, I am out in the middle of the ocean. I thought I was following God. And now it's like radio silence. And I do not know what to do. I'm like, go back to your map, get that word out dig in, find a, a book or a scripture that speaks to the vision that you got and just continue to stay in faith over it. Um, the other aspect, uh, the other tool that is really useful is I talk about uh, basically getting your crew together. So like no ship sails across the ocean without a crew. Like you're not going to do it solo unless you're, you know, I don't know, some sort of strange athlete or wants to accomplish something in the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> but for, for my analogy, you know, an ancient seafaring ship would have a crew of committed people and you're going to need that. So if you're trying to accomplish a big dream, get mentors, get people around you that can speak life into that vision. Uh, when you start to waver on persevering, it's like those people are going to say, no, you heard from God, keep going. This is in you. You can do it. So yeah, you're going to need those people. So those are the two big ones I would say. Okay. Well, in terms of the crew, what would you say to somebody who feels like, oh, like I don't, I don't have a crew. How do I look for a crew? What are some of the steps you would encourage women to find that crew? Sure. I mean, there's, there's a multitude of ways. Um, that I would recommend, uh, you want to find yourself in community. 
So whether that's your local church or a mom's group that you really relate to them, um, even if you, if you're a gym bunny and you're just like, man, I love the gym. And I always go to the same class with the same gals. It's like, find a few of those friends, invite them out for coffee. Like if it's your dream, it's your job to build that crew. So start mm -hmm. including them and be invitational in order to build it well. Um, but wherever the environments that you find yourself in, um, that's where you're going to find those people. But there are some criteria to look out for. And it's like, have people on your crew that are positive, um, that, that they are building or living a life that you admire, you know? So you don't want people that you're like, ah, well, I kind of like this thing about them, but they kind of do this other crazy stuff that I'm not so sure about. It's like, <laughs> just keep that in your friend circle, you know? But right. crew members need to be someone that you sort of almost like look up to or that you feel um, an equal and mutual respect for. Well, I really like that you even differentiate that idea of like we can have friends sometimes that aren't necessarily crew members um, and that's okay. But just to know there are going to be specific people that you're going to seek out to say, hey, this person um, I really admire because maybe they're doing the thing I want to be doing. And so what does that look like to say, I have some questions for you. Can I buy you coffee? Right. Instead of I have heard a lot of people say they don't love the idea of getting asked the question, can I pick your brain? Um, especially people who are meeting with a lot of people, but just saying, hey, how could I, can I buy you a coffee or lunch? And I have some questions for you. And, and people often do want to share their wisdom. Um, so how do I be intentional about that? How do I even invest in that? Are there other sort of groups or things I need to do to kind of invest in having people in my life to be pouring into me? Um, I know I had that for a while with a writing group that I was part of. So what are things you need to do um, and then I want to backtrack about the other thing you shared, which was just this idea of hearing God's voice. And I think that is so key for the navigation in our lives. And so for the women who is feel the woman who's feeling like, hey, I'm I am feeling a bit adrift in the sea. I'm feeling kind of alone. And so you gave that idea of um, I'm picking up the word. And so what does that look like for a woman who says, yeah, I do that kind of Bible roulette, how do I begin to intentionally study the word? And how do I know um, if I'm beginning to hear God's voice? Sure. Um, it, it's different for everyone. Uh, the thing that I love about God is he obviously knows how to speak to all of us in the pattern that we will receive it best. But there are um, a few different things that or, or ways that I think God speaks. Sometimes he'll speak through a trusted friend. Um, so again, this is about choosing, you know, solid uh, Christian leaders and mentors that can speak into that. Um, that's one way sometimes that the Holy Spirit has spoken to me, you know, there's been a conviction or a, or a cheerleading session from someone that just, you know, confirmed in what I was already feeling internally. Uh, other times, again, it's from in what I would call intense study of the word. And what do I mean by that? Um, that is like get a Bible study that actually digs into the historical framing of that book or starts to ask in-depth questions of what are you, how are you interpreting this according to your own life? Like you've got to do some work um, in that way. 
And then the other uh, way that God speaks, and he is, he speaks to me, I would say irregularly in this way, but some of the most profound moments have been from an actual audible voice of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I do talk about a couple of those instances in the book. Now, I think those are fewer and further between than, say, some of the other patterns. But you may be standing in the grocery store checkout lane. I, actually, I'll tell this story. This is a great story. I was, um, I, I had a girlfriend tell me a testimony of, of the power of, of healing and prayer. And she was basically at the post office and there was a woman, she was on the phone and really upset, like, she was basically reaming out the other person on the end of the phone and the Holy Spirit, cause she felt that little nudge, like, I want you to go pray for her. And my friend was like, no, like she's really angry. Like she's an angry person. <laughs> and, um, but she's so sweet. And so she just patiently stood in front of this woman as she's like yelling and screaming on the phone. And she kind of looks up and looks at my friend and, and says, can I help you? And my friend said, I I'm sorry, but I just, want to, I think I should pray for you. And she stumbled through that. And anyway, long story short, she prayed for this woman who was uh, having a health issue and it was, it had to do with her wrist, prayed for her. And her wrist was like miraculously healed in that moment. Wow. So I'm thinking, wow, that's so crazy. Well, then fast forward, like a week later, I'm in the airport. I was traveling back um, home from Nashville and I sat next to this woman again, like she was having a day, you know, um, but it was a mama and she was uh, separated from her, her children's father and, and it, that had not gone well. And so she was, you know, very upset about it and um, used language that I was like, whoa, okay, you know, uh, but I was on my laptop just trying to ride away and just not like involve myself. And, and again, I felt the Holy Spirit say, I was standing in line to board the plane and he was like, get out of line and go pray for that mama. And I'm like, no, I'm like, no, she doesn't, it, I, it, you know, and trying to make like all these excuses. Yeah. And it was just that little nudge in my spirit that said, go do it, Jess. And so I did, I went over to her. Hey, I'm Jess. I'm sorry. I overheard your conversation. Could I pray for you? And, you know, I prayed for her, this woman, tears streaming down her face, like stood up. Oh my gosh, that's the nicest thing someone's ever done for me. Like, I can't believe you did that. Thank you so much. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, it was like, it was more of a blessing for me than it probably was for her, but that's how the Holy Spirit works. He's kind of like, he, he kind of pushes us out of our comfort zone sometimes to show his goodness. Right. Yeah. So anyways, there's lots of different ways. Well, I love that. And I love that. I feel like I've had those moments and I've had the moments where <clears throat> I've actually fully ignored that prompting. Like I've just said, that feels too uncomfortable. That feels too. And then the feeling I've had afterwards has been this. It's almost like this being a little kid being disobedient or something. And you and again, not like a full I'm in shame or anything, but just feeling like, oh, and I've I've thought about it and I've thought. I missed an opportunity, you know, and I, I wonder what was on the other side of that opportunity. And so more so because of the moments where I've said no or tried to ignore it, that has encouraged me to say yes, because then I don't know what's on the other side. And so the moments where I have risked and said yes, that it's going to cost me something, 
right? To leave the line to go over and meet that woman or whatever it is. Um, those have it almost in some ways has been this really this act of freedom in partnering with God and seeing like, hey, we're we are taking these moments where we are starting this adventure together. So I love that you just shared that story because I think for a lot of us, um, it is it is hard to risk and to step out. But um, I think really God wants to do so much um, in and through us in those. Um, I want to chat a little bit more about just what does it look like for you um, as a busy mom who has written a book, you've got two kids, um, I believe you've been going to school, is that right? Yeah, so there's a lot, yeah, so there's a, there's a lot going on. So how do you, very, you can share either practically, um, how do you, what do you do to sort of thrive in your life, but also what do you do um, with like spiritual disciplines and how do you stay connected to God? So what are some things you kind of have, habits, routines, things that are in regular for you? Sure. Um, you know, I, I made a habit uh, a while ago that I have, you know, morning devotional time. And I know that's hard. Like it was hard for me when I first started that habit. It was cruel. <laughs> like that's just it. Like I'm going to be real. <laughs> yeah. Um, 5 30 AM is like the crucible on which my day, you know, swings. But I have found that when I am really diligent in that habit of finding myself in prayer and just asking God to show me each day, what do you, what do you have for me today, Lord? You know, what, and, and then also there's always a, a moment of surrender that I have in that devotional time. Mm -hmm. So I commit each and every day, all the priorities of that day um, to God and and I also have slowly, I'm a recovering perfectionist. And so I think, you know, I'm slowly getting to the place where it's like, if everything that I have placed on my task list doesn't get done that day, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that just means it becomes a priority a little bit later. And I don't know if you've heard T.D. Jakes talk about this. It's kind of like you just never want one spoke of the wheel to sit on the floor too long. It's like, you know, if, if you sort of, you know, your, your professional side of life takes priority for a day or two, then it's like, okay, now I need to be intentional with my kids and my husband, you know? And so you kind of rotate through prioritizing what is important in that day. I like that analogy because I feel like you cannot, you have to focus somewhere, right? To, to make some traction, but then you can't be focusing in that one area for too long. So you kind of know within yourself, okay, I need to move on to this. I love that. Um, I also love that you share, I think um, this is what I've heard from many people and for myself included, that there is something so powerful in connecting with God first thing in the day. And it is so difficult to um, implement for so many of us. And I think it's good to say like, this is hard. This is, it's hard to get out of bed early. It's hard to discipline yourself to go to bed on time. Um, but what comes from that time is worth that sacrifice of sleep. And I just want to touch on, you said, um, basically, like you said, I'm, I'm asking God, hey, what do you have for my day? So you're coming to him saying, hey, you're, you're in charge here. I want to hear from you. But then you're also, you mentioned that idea of surrender. And so what does that sort of look like to surrender things to God in that time? 
Sure. Um, I, I have, uh, I, I'm like crazy. I'm all over the place sometimes, but I place post-it notes on my wall. Um, they're prayers of friends and family, prayers of my own heart, like, you know, desires, whatever. And so that helps me have a visual of the things that I need to surrender. Right. And so I look at those and especially the things that I feel I've picked up again. You know, we, we, sometimes we have these ideas and goals and we're like, yeah, I'm going after him with all of my excitement and energy. And then we hit a patch where it's like, oh, there's not very much momentum behind it. And we can step into striving, which I know you understand that. (laughs) Jacqueline, it's like, let's not strive, let's thrive. And what does that look like? And striving comes when we pick up the luggage on a journey that God didn't ever intend you to hold. He's like, no, no, that luggage isn't for you to hold. That's my luggage. That's my burden. Just pick up the bag that I asked you to. And so surrender looks like putting down all the extra luggage that you don't need, I think, in some ways. I love that. I love that because I think everybody can relate to feeling like, for me, it's that idea of um, if I'm holding on to or I'm experiencing anxiety, I usually know it's because I'm holding on to control in some area. And so as I release and literally with my hands, open my hands, I release that control so whether that's about my kids or some work opportunity or whatever it might be that I'm I'm trying to strive and hold on to, I release it to him and then I'm allowed, like I, I receive his peace in that space. So very practically, I just want to know, because I love the post-it note idea because I, um, I think that can actually be a really helpful tool for people. So this is where you pray in the morning, you have these post-it notes up. Is that where you have it? Okay. You know, that's, that's fine. So, cause I, I like that idea of, yeah, yeah. Cause I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think for some of us, those things just float around in our head. And so being able to actually say, write it out and say, oh, these are the things that I am dreaming with God about. These are the things that I'm praying for movement in, that I'm praying for and, and that I care about. So things that I'm regularly praying for, but also having God be able to speak to me through that to say, hey, this one over here, you have, you're holding on to a little bit too tightly. And I want to, I want to hold on to that for you. Yeah. And I would, so yeah, visually representing your prayers or your hopes and desires is really important because it helps us to repattern our thinking right? So we're, we're posting hopes. And when we pray, we're actually posting up a hope that God will bring that to fruition, that he will manifest that desire, right? And so that's a positive thing in many ways. So when we see it and we visually read it, no matter where you have space, you know, I put it in my closet where I write and everything, but um, I also have in the past, I've tacked them up on my bathroom mirror. I mean, so I'm putting my makeup on or brushing my teeth and I'm praying as I go and I'm releasing those things as I go. It's just creating that habit of saying, God, this is beyond me and you've got it. I trust you. You've got this. Well, I love that idea, like first Peter five, seven, where it says, cast your anxiety on him. So that idea of the fishing or I'm casting it on him. 
And so often I think what we do is we pray and we say, okay, God, I'm praying about this. And then we try to hold back onto it, right? I'm praying about, I'm releasing this thing with my kids to you, but now I'm grabbing it back and I'm holding on to worry or whatever it might be. So I love that you just said that we're releasing these hopes. We're, we're, and that is part of prayer. We're releasing those things to God. And so we want to be able to release and trust. So I love that. Um, Jess, I'm so excited to dive into your book and all unpack all of these things because I think so many of us can relate to being in a place where we're saying, okay, God, like what do you what do you have for my life? I don't want to float through life anymore. I want to be living on purpose and with a purpose. And so where can people find out more about you? Where can people pick up your book? Can you tell me a little more about that? Sure. So my book is available on Amazon. Um, that's the only place it's available currently, but we're working on some other distribute uh, distributors, which will be fun. And you can follow me on Instagram. It's Jess underscore Carrie AZ for, you know, Arizona. Uh, so you can find me there. And then I also can be found on my, my author Facebook page, which is at jessicacarrie.co. So Jessica Carey, my name, dot co. Perfect. And on Amazon, people will be looking for chart, of course. That's right. And um, I'm excited. I'm going to try and let people know about that right away. And um, Jess, it was a pleasure chatting with you. I'm sure we could chat for much longer than this. Um, <laughs> I hope you have such a great day. And I know I'm going to trust that this has helped you move one step closer to thriving. Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message. And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend, leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to po- podcasts, podcasts, keeping it super professional. Um, if you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener. Or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com. This has been an Extend Network production.